Welcome to Conversations from the Heart, the podcast of Moyo Talks and the Heart Center. Good morning and welcome to Conversations from the Heart. My name is Mark Bind and I'm one of your hosts this morning. I'm an intuitive energy healer and a teacher and trainer of energy healers and one of the co-founders of the Moyo platform. We have four other people with me this morning joining in this conversation. If you could all please introduce yourselves. Hi all, I'm Cindy Holmes. I'm delighted to be here this morning and really looking forward to having a conversation from the heart. Good morning, I'm Alex. And yeah, I'm looking also forward to spending this hour with everybody. Um, It's always so heart opening, I love it. Good morning, everybody. My name is Valerie. I'm an intuitive energy healer and love to share meditation with everybody. And I'm excited and always keen to be in this conversation as much as we share, I also learn so many new things. So I'm very grateful for that. So delighted to share this time with the other people on the panel this morning. Hi, I'm Jennifer Anderson, and I'm in Melbourne in Australia, so it's uh, good evening from me, or good late afternoon, and I'm looking forward to our conversation this morning, as always, uh, which always um, opens my heart and uh, leads me into a, um, a beautiful week, usually, very contemplative and adds a lot to my uh, week by week. Thank you. Great, thanks all. And yeah, I am too looking forward to this conversation and it is my turn to guide us in a meditation. So get yourselves comfortable, take a few deep cleansing breaths and with each exhalation, just release any tightness or tension from the body and simply start to follow your breath. As you follow your breath, take a moment to connect to Mother Earth. Give thanks to Mother Earth and perhaps cast your mind to your favorite place in nature. Just imagine yourself surrounded by the trees and the plants. Feel yourself connected to the energy of Mother Earth. with the intention on being grounded. Now take your awareness up to the highest point of light that you can imagine, up to the source of all creation. And as you connect to that highest point of light, set your intention on bringing yourself into attunement with the light, into attunement with the light in all things. then invite that light to flow down into your body. And as you bring yourself into alignment with your higher self, surround your energy with a bubble of light and ask that bubble of light to protect you. You can state an affirmation in your mind, I am protected. Now bring your awareness to your heart center in the middle of your chest. Take three breaths through the heart center 
as you bring to mind the most loving and joyful thought or memory that you have to aid you in breathing the energy of unconditional love and infinite joy. With your next three breaths, breathe this loving and joyful energy throughout your entire physical body. Breathe this loving energy down to the tips of your toes, to the top of your head, to the ends of your fingers. Now with your next three breaths, let this light radiate outwards beyond the confines of your physical body. Let this light radiate outwards and to fill that bubble of light that you created earlier with more divine light. And then sense in your heart once again. And as you sense in your heart, I want you to imagine yourself taking a walk. Imagine walking along a beautiful grassy plain. And in the distance, perhaps you can hear the rhythm of some beautiful music. It draws you closer. As you get closer to the source of the music, perhaps you'll see the glow of the light, a beautiful golden flame, a flame of illumination. As you find yourself getting closer towards this flame, you see the others meditating with you today, so gathering around the sacred fire. As you gather around the fire, just continue to breathe loving and joyful energy through your heart. And perhaps set an intention to receive the inspiration and the wisdom that you most need today. Continue to breathe this loving and joyful energy into your heart. Just allow your energy to start rising upwards. Rising upwards above the flame, above the earth. And as you rise upwards, you see down below you, the landscape expanding further and further. And as you rise upwards, you start to receive divine inspiration flowing into your consciousness. Perhaps you have a question to ask. Perhaps you have a problem that you're facing. Perhaps there's simply some inspiration waiting for you. From this vantage point, you can see the entire planet below you the energy flowing around the planet, the lights, the people, and the loving flow of energy flowing between all. Now take a moment to breathe that loving energy through your heart and to channel loving energy down onto the planet. And as you channel this divine light down onto the planet, ask this loving energy to heal our planet. Ask this loving energy to heal all of the inhabitants of the planet. And ask this loving energy to flow through us, 
for the highest good of all. And then when you're ready, just slowly bring your awareness back towards that fire, that golden flame of illumination. Let your energy descend back into your body, back onto the ground. I find all of those meditating are standing around that fire. And as you get back down onto the ground, feel your feet on the ground, feel the sand under your toes. Feel that connection to the earth. Set your intention on being grounded once again and start to bring your awareness back into your body, taking a few breaths through the body, feeling your hands and your feet. Taking a few more breaths through your body and feeling your feet on the ground and the chair beneath you. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. Okay, guys, how are you all feeling? What's uh, the most important thing for us to look at today? Has anybody got any burning questions or thoughts or ideas? Everybody seems pretty quiet. Yeah, I think mine is more comment than um, putting forward any form of atomic topic. As you took us through that meditation, when I did arrive in the space, um, I mentioned before we started that I was feeling very ungrounded and there's a lot of, um, I have an understanding, a lot of stuff shifting and moving within my own energy field, things clearing, very deep things clearing again. And um, I could feel it, which... I'm sure most of us understand that it was sitting in my emotional body so that it was clearing and shifting out into each layer. And as we did that, I was able to even clear it further, which is quite incredible. And I asked the question in the meditation, is this the shifting and clearing, moving me to another level? And the clarity was just be with things as they are and that I shouldn't get caught in the mental body of trying to make sense of everything that's happening, but just to be with things as they are, and in that, an allowing, of allowing them to move through at a pace that's for my higher good right now. And I think at times we work with stuff and processes and clearing and shifting within our own energy systems and in our lives. And we kind of look, well, I do sometimes, at others and I look at, I've, I imagine the story goes, wow, look how quickly they clear, look how quickly they come back. And the answer to me was be with things as they are and allow it to be how it is for you. Doesn't make it better or worse. This is the way it is and that um, I was reminded of a, a proverb that I came across about we are visitors in this time, this place. We are just passing through. Um, our purpose here is to observe, and that reminded me of the mindfulness practice that I embrace so much in my life around the observer and the noticing of how things are. 
And then they say to learn. So through the observation, there's the learning um, about myself. And in that learning, I can share them with others and to grow and to love. And we always connect to that heart space and we always share from the heart. And I think that's often, I have to remind myself that those words are not just words, that they are really who I am and my way of being in the world towards myself and towards other, really to connect from that heart space deep within. And then the last line of the proverb says, and then we return home. And Mark, I think at the moment on the course that we've been working with with you is there's often a feeling as if I'm returning home, but then I need to come back as my purpose is still here in the way that I work and the way that I am on this planet. And as long as I'm working with myself and with others from this grounded heart space that my learning and my observing and my allowing will impact my life and in turn will reflect in the way I work and somebody else's life. Yeah, that's an interesting comment, Val. Like, you know, that being here now, you guys might know a, a couple of months ago, I did, a, I did a mushroom journey and I had this interesting experience. And, you know, for much of my life, I've wanted to get out of this, this place and, um, you know, just being uncomfortable with being on the earth. And I had this moment of clarity of, it was like almost a question, do I actually want to leave right now? Do I, do I want to actually, you know, say, call it quits, have the opportunity to, to move to the spirit plane? And in that moment, I thought, you know, it's actually not yet. I'm not quite ready to leave. I'm actually, I actually want to be here for the show because we are in this sort of like greatest moment in history that's sort of playing out before us. And it was like, you know, it's, I'm, actually, I'm actually quite happy to stick around and, and see it through and, 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 to, and to be here for at least a few more years. Because, you know, the idea is that, you know, after the next few years, once, once we're through this process, uh, that Earth will once again be a beautiful place to, to live for us. And it is about being here in the present and being here now. And, and I mean, I know for me, it's, it's a regular process, you know, it's like, you know, grounding and, and being embodied, which we've spoken about a few times. I think at the moment that it is so vitally important. I think we've been through a huge planetary shift over the last last three or four days, um, you know, with, with this new moon and I know in the northern hemisphere they've they've had a blue moon, um, and I and I think a lot of people have struggled a lot um, over the last four days and 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 I will just come back to being grounded and focusing in is really while everyone else is out there doing what they're doing the most important thing that we are doing is that we are living in our own incarnation and not getting caught up in what is going on in the world. And the only way we change that is, is by, by shining our light and not getting caught up within the dramas, first of all, within our families, then the dramas that are going on 
within our friends and and in our communities and further on and then out and out and out into the political world and you know the the because it's really really shining its light the you know it people the control the patriarchy the 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 negative masculine um those are revealing themselves and there's nothing that we can really do to change that other than changing and not getting involved in it ourselves. And I'd like to just remind everyone um, who, who has a spiritual knowledge, we are very privileged to be in this incarnation right now and learning. Being a soul and being in this amount of learning on the earth plate right now, for me is a massive, massive privilege um, because the lessons are so big in terms of our species and, and what they are. And I really honor that um, and have been honoring that. I'm so grateful to have this, this learning that is, I mean, our learning curve and watching how we, how our species is reacting in different ways to different things right now. And being part of that is just, is just a huge privilege to be in this incarnation right now. But what I think is really important is that we are working with the God within us on the ground and not taking ourselves to a place of vibration that isn't translatable. Um, yeah, because I think Mark, what you were talking about is to go up and go to that place and that's really cool, but actually how do we get that vibration or as much of that vibration as we can down here right now in this time and I think that's the challenge is taking that vibration and really sourcing the God within us and I think that is quite tricky at the moment um, because of all the external stuff mirroring back our stuff I, I, I think that it I feel like I'm walking on a tightrope at the moment and and kind of like my one foot will go off and I'll say come back to your center Cindy ground come back into the light let go of that negative thought let go of that criticism okay that steps there then I'm sort of wobbling so it's kind of doing that tightrope walking at this time but really making sure that I'm present yeah, as much as, you know, healers and, and light workers are connecting to the higher realms and bringing that energy down onto the earth, there's this other pull. There's the pull of the conflict, the pull of the pandemic, the pull of the US election, the pull of all the conflict taking place on the earth, trying to pull you down as well and, and get you out of center. You, you know, it's, it's hard to just look at a newspaper or watch the news without feeling that temptation to, to get triggered by something that you see out there in the world. But like you say, if you can stay connected to source and embody and hold that vibration on the planet, it just sort of like spreads outwards to, to those around you and, and it can be done and it must be done. And I think right now what is really important when we view something is that we view it from both sides. Whether we agree with what we're hearing or and, and what we know, the people who are making the decisions in their own heart are doing the best they can with what they have and actually really trying to find that place of compassion and empathy 
and love, even for the people who in our country might be the corrupt ones or, you know, the Trumps or whatever. Where, where do we meet those people? How do we meet everyone as to where they're at doing the best they can with what they've got? Yeah, this goes back to that comment. Uh, you know, last week we spoke about A Course in Miracles and being in a place of miracle-mindedness so that uh, you're ready to, to uh, perform miracles on the earth. Now, for those who haven't read A Course in Miracles, that might sound quite grand, but it's, it, it's actually fairly straightforward. It's about being in that miracle-minded state, a loving state, that when something happens and you can meet it with non-judgment, um, you, you bring in loving energy rather than being reactive and, and being triggered by it. You know, so uh, seeing something on, uh, I remember last night seeing something on the news uh, about Trump supporters hassling one of Biden's buses or something. There's the temptation to like get riled up by it, to be triggered by it, but just staying present and like, you know, this is, this is what's playing out. I don't, need, I don't need to judge it. I don't need to be upset about it. Um, you know, just sort of staying centered and, and being miracle-minded about it. Um, but I think, you know, the practice of non-judgment is, is quite useful because we actually don't know what is actually in the highest interest for all. You know, we, we have this tendency to think we know best. This person must win the election and somebody else says, no, that person must win the election because... That's for the best, but who, who actually knows? Because it's impossible for us to know the ramifications of, of any particular event, you, you know, and just looking back, you know, uh, was it four years ago when, when Trump got elected? And I, I mean, I really had a hard time with it. I was like so upset. I remember I was walking on my way to a meeting in the morning and, and I got the news and I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this. This is going to be like terrible. But perhaps that is exactly what America needed. Perhaps that is the best thing that could have happened to America four years ago because of everything that, that's played out. And just like, you know, the best thing that happened to me a few years ago was, uh, you know, my business failing. And, and being like so broke and having no money that all of that was put aside. And that actually got me started on, on my healing journey. It was the best thing that could have happened to me as terrible as it was, you know? So if we can surrender our judgments about these events, we can actually, you know, just, just be okay. In the present moment, everything is fine and, and everything will be fine. Yeah. Um, that's a good point, Mark. And agree. And, so really what I'm thinking as we're talking is there's always challenges. There's always challenges around, you know, I, I think the very nature of, you know, being human, being on the earth is that, you know, if you go back, you know, to time immemorial, really, that humans have had challenge, there's challenge. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's kind of poles of, you know, there's things that look like they're okay at one moment and then not the next moment. But I think they coexist the whole time really anyway and really what you reminded me of then when you were speaking was just perspective you know so 
you know, where do we find our ground or our middle place or our centre or our equilibrium in those poles because they're always there and whatever the challenge is at whatever particular time in history, they're, they're, they are there. Um, and I think that's a very good point you make about, you know, perspective. So really things can change in a moment just by our perspective, really, you know. So absolutely it might be what uh, America needed, what Americans needed. I'm, I'm not sure that everyone would agree with that um, and that there, there's real struggle there, you know, and for the world really, did the world need that? But um, there's been conversations that have emerged from this political environment now that weren't happening before um, and you know things that are really moving in a positive direction there's things that have been in a terrible direction but you know for me that's those poles and so you know really without without one there is not the other without night there isn't you know day without anything you know and just I guess where we where we have our perspective our personal perspective and can change change at any moment um where we'll get flipped over into the struggle or we can you know flip over into just yeah be with what is you know don't sort of bash into trying to change it or what can we do to change this right at the moment except just change ourselves and where we're sitting in our perspectives um yeah that's kind of just where i went then with what you were saying so guys, what was really interested, interesting on the weekend, and I'm going to bear, bear my soul here a little bit um, <clears throat> or, or admit something. So we were talking about the struggles that, that we're having here in South Africa. And I was just saying, you know, we really just need to focus inwardly in our country. So stop stop importing we we have absolutely everything we need in our own country we don't we just need to really sit here and focus and not import things and really just make do and just focus on our own country and you know i was i was getting annoyed because there were some senior um management people that were coming into our tourism industry from overseas and getting jobs at our big hotels um here in South Africa and I was like we have enough great South Africans why why are we getting people from overseas to come and tell us how to 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 run our tourism and there were you know why aren't we buying our own clothes here why aren't we making our own clothes we have absolutely everything from raw materials to everything we don't need to import everything and that we should really like we should with ourselves just focus focus inwardly and if people are in our country they can stay but if they're not then, you know, that's it. Let's change our foreign policy and let's just focus on our own people. And the person I was with said, Cindy, you sound like Trump. Um, and, and, and I just needed to share that because of what we're talking about. And, and that then went, hold on. You know, that's what made me then look inward and go, why are we judging all the good things? You know, there are good things. And, and I'm not saying he's the right president for the US, please. But that really made me pause and go, okay, stop getting caught up in what the media wants you to be caught up and look at the goodness in things and, and what is right for, you know. And, and, and that's what we need to be doing in our own countries. We need to, you know, the, the whole of the last few weeks, I've been trying not to think about going here. I normally travel a lot, whatever. 
what is in my immediate environment? And I have absolutely everything I need in my immediate, in my city, in the city of Cape Town. I have absolutely everything I need. Yeah. Um, and that is really the trend. If you look around really the world and particularly the Western countries, it's really internal fighting now. So really sort of geopolitically for the first time for a long time, really, there's internal fighting. There's, there's, there's humans that just don't agree. There's factions that are getting sort of, you know, there's, there's really a left and there's really a right. Where before, you know, unity came from everyone having a common goal or the common good. And there's so much misinformation and confusion and what do we believe or what not, which is almost in itself a political tool for rip the people apart from the inside internally within their own political environments. And then you've got almost, you, you know, you don't even have to weaponize. They'll just start fighting and, you know, taking care of themselves. And then, you know, so I think that's a really good point, Cindy, that, you know, um, within within our environments, within our countries, get back on the same page, get, you know, agree, um, agree about something, just start to come together again internally and then, you know, strengthen. And like we do with ourselves personally, we, we center and strengthen from within. And then, you know, everything around is, is um, you know, has a little bit more balance and, and, and more difficult to penetrate really in terms of, you know, anything that you try to penetrate that's already on shaky ground and there's confusion and arguing and, you know, um, discontent, it's much easier to shake people up and, you know, things, things can explode, you know, metaphorically. Thanks, Red. And um, the, I wanted to just go back to the, to what Mark was saying about how Trump could be the um, adversity that America needs to face right now, much like we all have our adversities in our life. And one of, one of the things that I think is really important is that adversity, adversity is only useful to us if we actually use it as a stepping stone for learning and development and growing. Adversity can just as easily have the opposite effect. It can be that we stick our head in the sand, so we don't want to face what it reveals to us, and things get worse. And, and the thing with Trump is, Trump is not the bad guy. He's been placed as the bad guy. Trump is a system of something that happened, is a system, sorry, he's a symptom of something that happened before. And he's the result of a situation that was there before. And, um, and yes, I agree with, there's a big focus on the bad stuff and there is some good that came out of his, out of his um, um, time as, as president at the moment. Um, but the question is, what led a country to the situation that it decided to bring someone like Trump in? And it is that division of people and this massive divide and people not being able to agree and an unhappiness with the status quo. And the real risk now isn't so much who wins the election. But what did we learn out of the last four years that puts the nation forward? There's the risk that if Biden wins, we go back to the old status quo and we get to put our head back in the sand and say, oh, it's all fine and happy. And we'll find ourselves in 10, 15 years time with 
the same situation where people become desperate and out of desperation will take anybody who's different from the status quo, which is why you had this massive rise of Trump and Sanders, these two people that are so different to what is what was the establishment. And so regardless of what happens in the next week in the States, the question is, what did we get out of our adversity? Did we stick our heads in the sand? Or did we actually learn something as a nation? And obviously this is a big, because there's so much divide and, and the people who control the media um, and government have ensured that that divide has just become even wider. Um, which makes it a real possibility that the learning might not have happened or not to the extent that it needs to be, but hopefully not. And I say we, even though we are none of us Americans, but it is one of the biggest economies in the world and impacts every single one of us. And we all have a vested interest in, in it because it impacts all of us. Such an interesting time. And, you know, what, what Jen said and Alex, what you're saying, I mean, for the past few years, it's actually been very interesting that there haven't been any real global conflicts. You know, there's a bit of conflict between China and India and uh, in the Middle East, but there haven't been any real wars. But internally, there are so many nations that are experiencing a lot of inner conflict. And I guess it's a representation of what's happening for a lot of individuals, you know, and, uh, um, on a collective level, there, there, there's this inner conflict in, in a number of countries. And out of inner conflict can come growth, can come, you know, realizations and, and developments. And, you know, um, out of this, you can, you can see some changes taking place. And I think what what the population is really hoping is that the political class collapses because in south africa people are fed up of the government the inflated government and their corruption same in america and i'm guessing that something similar is happening in britain uh, because when you look at it the people who are oppressing the population are actually the politicians and whoever their puppet masters are. And, you know, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to, I'm going to hope that Trump actually wins this election because he is outside of the system. And this is what I like about him. Although four years back, let me assure you, I was, didn't like him at all. But looking at it, my current perspective is, and you're welcome to disagree with me because I know it's, it's, it's not a popular perspective, but Biden is just a puppet for that system. You, you know, he is just more of the same. And for all of Trump's faults, and there are many, he is outside of that system. And it's the system that's the problem, you know. And the individuals are just representations of, of the different energies that, that are flying around. So, you, you know, I, I, I'm thinking that in four years' time, we're going to have a different system here in South Africa. We've got, you know, moves underfoot. We've got this uh, move one million thing. We've got a new sort of political movement uh, with Mashaba and so on that are kind of looking at things differently and, and looking at perhaps some electoral reform 
in America, there's a um, organization called represents.us or represent.us, which are proposing reforms in their political system, one of which is um, ranked voting. And they're also looking at ways to stop gerrymandering. So all of these positive movements are actually coming out of this inner conflict that are going to change the political landscape considerably. You know, ranked voting, for example, they're trying it in a couple of states and it's on the ballot and a few more, but it would completely obliterate this two-party system in America if it gets through. You know, it is such a positive thing that could come out of this that, you know, instead of voting for the lesser of two evils, you can just rank your top party, you can vote for the Green Party, number one, if you like, and some other party, number two, and then you could choose whatever you prefer between Democrats and Republicans and leave the other one completely off the ballot. But I mean, it'll change the political landscape completely. So I'm quite optimistic that there's enough, there seems to be enough momentum to change the status quo at the moment. And I'm hopeful. I don't know, I've got an unusual opinion for, <laughs> at least for people I hang around with to, to actually be, be, be backing Trump in this election for those reasons. Yeah, I appreciate what you're saying. And I, I mean, that's the difficulty, I think, you know, and you know, really flying into a political conversation here, I guess. But, you know, um, that Biden is, and he's been, he's part of the system, the old system, and, um, you know, kind of that old stock as well. And he's just been primed for this his whole life, really. So, you know, he know in some respects, although, you know, he's a, he knows how to do politics, which is, I guess, helpful. And, um, you know, it's, it's also playing that game um, that you often can't see, you know, where the person's moving anyway, really, you know, like it's where, where Trump sort of, yeah, he just does the, I mean, you can't, you, I suppose now we've come to expect how he's going to move with things really. Um, so you can kind of sort of navigate him a bit, but you know, it's a, it's a difficult um, dichotomy really you've got from, from my perspective, you've, you've got kind of a bit of a loose cannon and maybe someone with um, a degree of psychopathy or running a country and, and also running our global politics. Um, or you've got someone who knows how to behave, knows how to do the, all, all the right moves and do all the, um, you know, political sort of standing and representing. But then, yeah, like it's, it's, a, it's a hard place to sit. It's such, a, it's such a choice of, you know, that we, I think really what it shows us, and I think we've got the same in Australia as well, like there's, there is no choice. You know, it's just sort of do you choose, you know, devil number one or devil number two? You know, it's kind of really real. These are really difficult positions, and I, I gather maybe the same in um, South Africa. And what's interesting to me is how did, how did this sort of occur, you know? Like how did, how did um, there seem to be this, it's very similar. It's almost like there's no difference in some respects between, you know, who represents what at the moment. So learning that there's, you know, potentially shake up and systems changing is fantastic. And that's right, you know, nothing can change without rupture. You know, there's a status quo, there's a status quo. And unless there's something incredibly difficult things don't have an opportunity to actually change. And I think that's for us all, you know, that's something that humans are really 
not great with really. You know, we get very accustomed to things being comfortable, the same thinking that we then have, you know, a degree of control and, um, you know, we can see ahead and we can feel okay about things. And, and in our political landscape in the last, you know, well, years really, we, we, we haven't had faced these um, critical challenges that, you know, have been faced in times before. Um, so, you know, it's kind of alarming for us really to be in this place. But yeah, my hope is too, Mark, and I, I really connect with what you're saying is that out of this absolute rupture, you know, um, there, there needs to be, things need to crack apart, things need to break down, things, things you know, like a, I think I, I mentioned it a while ago, there needs to be a raging fire sometimes. In Australia, there's two species of gums that grow, one through floods that destroy the riverbanks and, and you know, then the, those trees will be able to grow again and regerminate and um, through fire. So there's kind of something in nature too, I think, that there needs to be almost mass destruction sometimes. It's not a great thing, but there needs to be something destroyed for something new to emerge. So it's kind of exciting, I guess, what could emerge maybe if we can get ourselves together and unify a bit and, and deal with all the things that have risen this year. You know, all these political things that have been dormant for so long and that are now actually at the surface that we haven't really been able to put the microscope on properly um yeah so it could be some positives in there so i think so thanks jen and i absolutely hear what you're saying and i think the pandemic is that is that world raging fire you know we don't you know we said we haven't had the war we haven't had that but it's almost like as the political climate is lifting so is the pandemic to really shake the bones, get people to have time to think about it, people to to be put in a place of uncertainty, a bit like, I guess, during the wars and, and things like that, where people really start thinking and, and have time to think. Um, and, and where we are as a species, not right now, with the amount of information that we have available to us to make, you know, we're not getting a telegram or, or listening to, to the king or the queen, you know, speaking on the BBC about, oh, and, you know, we've just sent in the troops to blah, blah, blah. We, we have that information for us to sit as we are right now having a conversation about what is going on politically. So we are in a much more informed place in our species for people to, to make better decisions or understand what is going on. And, 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 and I think we need to encourage these conversations and we need to talk about it and we need to, you know, get excited about the change because you know, rather than dip into the, the thing, it's about saying, wow, there's this change going on. The American election is so exciting. Our politics, do you know what I mean? It's that spin that that we need to that we need to create and that positivity that we can, because out of something bad always will come something good. It's the law of it's a universal law, as far as I'm concerned. And and as individuals. How do we have those conversations? How do we spin them when we're out um, into the positive conversation, into life's not so bad. If he gets in, there's so much positivity about 
that one get, do you know what I'm saying? And I think as human, as individuals, we just have to keep doing that. We have to be excited about where we are in the world right now, because I think it's exciting times. As hard as they might be, I think it's very exciting to be a human right now. Coming back to where we began earlier, Mark. There's that, um, that quote that says, you, you know, we, we were told when, you know, there used to be this thing where we were told not to talk about politics or religion at the dinner table. But actually, we should have been taught the opposite because people have forgotten how to talk about politics and religion. You know, it shouldn't be a conversation that leads to conflict. You've got to learn how to have difficult conversations. You've got to learn how to have conversations with people who have different points of view to you and to accept their points of view, you know, to be okay. They think that, I think this, that's all right. Yeah, Alex? Yeah, I like what you just said now. And it also made me think of something earlier when you were also talking about conflict and um, a big part of us not learning how to have difficult conversations and how to deal with conflict in a healthy manner is that we try to, we, we see conflict as something negative and something we try to avoid. The, the reality is that whether we like it or not, it's going to come up. If we try and avoid it, it's going to come up in another way. I was having a conversation earlier this week with a friend and we were talking quite a lot about South Africa and where we are right now. And, um, and one of the things that we said was that, you know, 26 years ago, is it that long? Yeah, 26 years ago, we, we all thought we were going to have a civil war. And then the government changed and we became like the poster child of how you can transition peacefully and we did it so beautifully and we had Truth and Reconciliation Commission and, you know, and everybody looked at us as the example of how this is supposed to be done. 26 years later, what has happened in those 26 years? We have become one of the most violent countries in the world. We've got one of the highest murder rates and gender-based violence is shockingly high. Um, we've got the farm murders, there's um, um, road of violence, there's you name it. We put a Band-Aid and wrapped it up all nicely 26 years ago, all said Kumbaya, and, but never gave an avenue for a healthy discourse to talk about how people really felt and try to heal the wounds. So it found other avenues to come out. And whether we like it or not, we cannot escape those emotions, those conflicts, the, the way we feel. We, we have to, as a society, learn and teach all our children how to embrace and have healthy conversation um, and not only conversation, behavior around things that make us uncomfortable um, because it's going to come out in a damaging and harmful way otherwise. Yeah, that's an interesting comment, Alex. Uh, taking us back to South Africa's elections in 1994 and the fear of civil war, there are a lot of people in America who are fearing civil war at the moment. Um, Supermarkets like Walmart have taken all the guns and ammo off their shelves. People are stocking up, they're stockpiling on, on canned goods. So 
I think there's a real sense of transition over there and, and there's a fear of conflict and that's just hope and pray that it's that it's peaceful you know as we talk about this from a perspective of the politics and the collective once again it brings it back to ourselves because as Cindy spoke about we going within and how we look at things and the difficult conversations it's not only in the political realm and the aspects around that it's in our the energy in our own families our relationships all the dynamics and it was brought into my awareness uh, a family that i know and how this family over the last two years has made so many shifts and difficult issues have arisen and and the only example i can give of secrets and things that have been kept within a physical body that wasn't able to express itself was through this massive growth and tumor that grew in a young woman and i suppose this had to be removed for her to move forward in her life and i that's how i see the world and the plasters that have been removed or the plasters that we placed like alex said like we wrapped it all up but i've only visited america twice and my experience was that it was a society where there was so much undercurrent of racism and hate and separation and one side versus the other and my sense when i left there over a year ago that there were plasters over everything and what were you said around trump and what has happened and the way his administration it was as if plasters just were ripped off the whole time and everything has to come out and i suppose that's how i'm looking at our own country we wrapped it up and it has to be unwrapped and it has to be shown for what it is and as we engage with our families and our friends these difficult conversations around secrets in families or difficult things to to where we don't um i mean i can only highlight again my husband has a half brother who lives in america and he phones every two weeks to connect and the difficult conversation that i can hear from the background and how he's dropping things and i was saying to my husband you know it's time to have that difficult conversation with him around how you believe he has to be able to accept the fact that you don't see it from the same perspective you don't see the world you don't have the same racist attitudes you don't and i suppose it's the difficult conversations which we are touching on which we said you know don't speak about it don't you know talk about this and i just feel it's so powerful the energy of the planet the energy of 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 the universe the energy in our homes the energy of relationships they are showing themselves things are arising and if we just cover it up it will rupture and that's what's happening in the world and i think that's what's happening in families and i never forget um a very close friend of mine is an amazing psychologist turned around and said things have to rupture and probably explode at times in many ways and as the ash settles new things can arise and i really in my heart believe that there's a new arising for the world the planet in our relationships and our way of being in the world and it's in that arising that we get uncomfortable and we go within and have to deal with our own arising 
And I think that's how I started it for myself this morning. I was dealing with my own arising, my own shifting, things coming out. And it's very powerful. So for our individual, our collective, for the world and the planet, a very powerful arising. And it has to fall apart before it can come back and regrow. Um, I know we don't have much time left, but I was wondering if I could share a story that happened here um, this week. And I'm not sure if any of you heard it, if it's reached South Africa in the news, but there was a tree here in Victoria um, that was um, a birthing tree that was um, used by Indigenous women um, for hundreds of years and before colonisation. And this tree has been in a development area where they're doing new roads and putting a highway. And there's been, well, for the last two or more years, there's been a lot of political activity around that and saving the tree. Because we've been in lockdown, there was a political move earlier in the week that held our lockdown out for one day and the tree got cut down. And it's been devastating. Yeah, they actually cut it down. So there were people that had been tied to the tree and Indigenous elders and like really the whole country of Indigenous people just going, what are you doing to our relations here? You know, we've been trying for 250 years to reconcile and this is just one of those again. Um, anyway, so everyone has been absolutely devastated, um, understandably, and then I know because I know a woman who is really connected to one of the Indigenous women who for her grandmothers and her ancestors, she's been really actively trying to save the tree. Her young son had seen the tree get and they took the tree out in a truck through the through the um, town as well. So people actually saw the tree leaving um, and he uh, they were around the base of the tree. And this, this, her son um, started finding all the seeds. There were seeds everywhere. So they've got thousands and thousands of seeds now that they've collected. And they contacted um, people that had sort of just, just disappeared and sort of devastated, just gone away from the area in absolute grief. And so this little young child, and I mean, I think he's absolutely channeling, and he suggested that they get all the little children now that were involved in this and they build, they they get all the seeds and they get a circle of seeds and they build uh, a, like a circle of trees that will now grow from the seeds and each child will put a seed in the ground for the new generation, for the new trees to grow. Uh, so it's it was so kind of almost turning around circle again is the perspective and just that, you know, at that tree, it's, devastating and it's you know how long that tree's been standing there and the significance of that tree um in that you know so many young so many children were born there at that tree that for it to be cut down and taken out through town that then those seeds now are, are going to grow and and bring something new and that those children will now be sort of connected to the joy in that growth that newness and maybe not so connected to, you know, there's a story and there's a pain, but but not sort of still with that, connected to that. And I think that's something for all of us, really. Oh, Jen, when you, I did see that story in the news yeah. and it's devastating. And as you started speaking, I started feeling the energy and I was wondering, why am I feeling such positive energy with the story? And then you came with the twist at the end. 
Yeah. And, and that's just like so amazing that, you know, from destruction, some good things can come. Yeah. And, and they're getting the tree back as well too now. So they've had a lot of meetings um, and then they're now actually having the tree bought back as well, the actual trunk, yeah. which is massive. So that's coming back as well, which they'll do something with. Yeah. And something so visible like that can really lead to transformation let's take the seeds and plant them let's take the seeds of light and plant them in our hearts that is the end of our conversation this morning guys thank you very much for being here thank you for sharing your love and your wisdom and your insights and uh, we'll see you guys next week mm -hmm.